Welcome back to another episode of Back in the Flash. Uh, my name's Steven, I'm one of the hosts, and this week I'm joined by a guest host, my friend Chase. Hi, I'm Chase Magnet. Uh, I'm a comics critic and writer at comicbook.com and Comics Bulletin. Yeah, uh, and so we this week watched the, uh, what is this, 14th episode I of The Flash? So. Uh, Fallout, uh, which featured a whole bunch of different guests. Um, we yeah. Had, we had Ronnie Raymond, we had Martin Stein, we had uh, General Eiling. And we had one big <sighs> new guy at the end. Well, not technically oh. entirely new, but... It was so the first good. time we saw Grodd. First time you really saw him. Completely. Oh, man. It was amazing. It looks so good. And I'm sure that Meg and I are going to talk about it again next week because I know she's super excited about Grodd. And this really was, like, the first real Grodd appearance. Everything before this has just been, it, like, little teases. It was it was all smoke and mirrors and shadows. And yeah. then you see him entirely. His face, his body. In the full... You see him in action, yep. and it's it's way better than I thought it would look on TV. It was. It looks really, really good. Really sweet. Really sweet. But backing up, because we want, <laughs> there's, contrary to our belief in these past few moments, there was a lot more in this episode <laughs> than just Grad at the end. Uh, so we had it started out with the firestorm uh, explosion. Right, we picked up right where we left off last week. The uh, the firestorm explosion in the Badlands, which again still just makes me laugh because the Badlands is in South Dakota and there's, there's nothing there's, in South Dakota. There's nowhere near the Badlands that's anywhere as large of a city as Central City. The closest you get is Rapid City, but even that, no, not. <laughs> you almost think that it's a lowercase Badlands, like it's just what they refer to right. as as the junk territory outside the city, <laughs> right? Yeah, not actually the state park. Yeah. Uh, or national park. I don't know. Might One be, of those. It might be a national park. The Badlands um, in South Dakota is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. The episode but, picked up right from the uh, the previously on. Like, they actually mm-hmm. merged the two seamlessly. Yeah. It almost felt like a two-parter or part of a serial as opposed to an episodic yeah. show, and I like that. Yeah, no, this definitely was a two-parter. Uh, and they've done that a lot lately, I feel. Like, the... the um, Pied Piper episodes mm-hmm. that we had were a little bit of a two-parter, although that kind of dovetailed into the next series as well. And maybe this is too. Maybe Grodd's going to be our next big villain for the next couple episodes. I really don't know. I haven't heard a villain announced for episodes 15, 16. Yeah, nothing till Hamill shows up. Right, which is 17, I yeah. believe. So we've got some So there's open... a couple episodes there. And maybe, I think, maybe Grodd's going to be the big bad. And I think it makes sense for a character like Grodd to have more than 40 minutes. That's, oh, yeah. a, that's a really compressed time frame for such a, a big, crazy character like right. that. Well, I mean, especially if they were to go all out and yeah. do, like, Gorilla City. Yeah. I don't think they are. Not it would yet. be awesome. Maybe it would blow day. my mind, but I don't think they will. But uh, even then, you've got a giant, super-powered ape messing with the military... Uh, who has psychic powers. I mean, there's so many ways to go with that, and I feel like just saying, oh, we have to have this done in 42 minutes is putting unnecessary constraints. And oh, yeah. I think I think tonight we're getting a sense that the show writers are saying, oh, we don't have to do 40 minutes. We just have to find ways to make it 
make it splitable. sections of the story yeah. function in that time and so we get a much better overall firestorm story where we get to explore the arcs of ronnie raymond and professor stein and see these guys develop and learn about their relationships both between one another and with their significant others <laughs> and i think it made for a much better episode tonight rather than trying to get it all done in one week absolutely no i mean if you've got a story to tell it takes more time than 40 minutes take more than 40 minutes by all means and i think they've they've found that they've got a fan base that's loyal enough to stick with longer longer term stories you know they're not gonna bail halfway through plus they're doing a good enough job at keeping each individual episode action-packed and uh strong enough on their own merits that nobody's gonna want to nobody feels bored after the first half of an episode or a two-parter like this was uh they're all just so full of everything of of the action beats of the uh romance plots of mystery in terms of barry's mom's murder uh in terms of intrigue with wells and what's happening there there's just all sorts of stuff I think one of my favorite moments tonight when we were watching when I turned over and looked at you about it was just that little moment where it's it's Joe and Barry and they've got Caitlin and Ronnie over and then Iris shows up and it's just sort of like a, it feels like a small sitcom moment. It's just a little bit of humor there, but I really love each scene that's just about them being roommates. Right. And the fact that there's so much energy in those scenes shows you what kind of legs the show has. It doesn't yeah. need a villain in order to make it exciting. No. It's fun to just watch these characters interact. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, it's, I mean, the the dynamics between Barry and Joe, especially, are just so phenomenal. They they stand out big time to me. Uh, yeah, they're a lot of fun. And the cast has become so large now that tonight, I think Linda Park is going to become part of the regular cast. At least that's the feeling I've got. Yeah, she wasn't but in tonight, though. She wasn't in tonight, but there were several characters we didn't see tonight. We didn't see right. any of her... Uh, Barry's dad is somebody that we see pop up occasionally, but not always. It's a big enough cast that they don't even have an opportunity to touch base with all of the significant characters right. on the show on a regular basis. Right. But they are all significant. Yeah. Like, the viewers all have, like, attached with these characters that aren't regulars, which is really cool. Like, it speaks to the quality of writing and the quality of storytelling for all of those uh less frequent characters that like we all feel a really strong emotional attachment to Barry's father and to uh, Linda Park he's you know she's only been in three episodes I two, might only two be or two. three uh, but I really like her. she's really fun yeah um, so no it's really cool it's good let's talk about uh, Iris though because we saw a bit more of her this week than we did last week. Yeah. Uh, and a bit more, I felt like it was a bit more uh, true to the character and was like pushing her character in a much stronger direction, I thought, uh, in terms of her like starting to uncover some of the uh, lies and mysteries within the Star Labs crew and what's going on there, uh, as opposed to. When Linda Park was in town, she kind of turned into this awkwardly relationship-y character where mm-hmm. she was, like, poking at them. So, what did you? What do you think about uh, Iris being a reporter and 
getting into that. I think the last few episodes with her have been a nice general course correction. Uh, one of the things when I was writing reviews for comic book was I, I didn't like how her character was defined by her relationship with Barry and by Barry's pining for her. Right. And I think, I don't think she's there yet. She's still, I think, one of the weakest characters in the show. But seeing her take on her own interest and her own curiosity and her earnestness and her, her urge to define herself as a reporter and somebody that wants to explore the world is much more engaging than she was in the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and we've kind of seen... So we've also seen uh, Eddie take a little bit of a backseat. I don't know if we saw Eddie at all tonight. I can't I can't recall seeing him. If, if he was in there, it was just a one scene, really quick thing. But he was not a major player in tonight's episode. I don't think By he's really means. shown up since Rogue's Revenge when he uh, when he helped show down with uh, Captain Cold and Heatwave. Right, right. Maybe we'll see more of him in the next few episodes. I, I mean, that's kind of a big question mark of, like, what's going on with his relationship with Iris. Like, they've moved in together, and since they moved in together, we really haven't heard from him yeah, I think, at all. I think you brought that up with uh, with Megan last time, yeah. and it's, yeah, is it is. Who knows? Uh, are we assuming that it's everything's good there, or is something been happening and we're just going to see someone break down soon? Right, right. I kind of, honestly, I kind of hope that one of these next couple episodes, uh, we get a backup and see, like, what's going on during that time between them. Because there's lots of time that's unaccounted for Iris at this point. Like, we see little snippets of her every now and then whenever her path intercrosses with mm-hmm. berries, but that's about it. Um, they're certainly not seeing nearly as much of each other as they did in the first half of the season. Yeah, and I think, I suspect that there's something they're planning to do with them, whether it come in the Grot episode or the Trickster episodes coming up here. Right. Uh, but yeah, compared to how strong of a presence they held in the first half of this series, um, I, you're right, they haven't been showing up at all. Yeah. And I'm interested to see what they plan to do with them here. Yeah, me too. Should we uh, should we talk about Firestorm a little bit? I feel like that's a significant part of tonight. I I don't know. Kind of, <laughs> I guess. I suppose we could if you want. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call it significant. <laughs> yeah, no. Firestorm is a huge part of tonight's episode because we really saw like Firestorm proper more or less this episode. Like everything prior to this, it was really. I don't know, it was kind of human torch e. you know, they even pulled in the catchphrase last week of Flame On. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of like human torch and fire abilities, and it still seems to be mostly fire abilities, uh, but we saw some of the, like, body sharing and what was going on there, which has been kind of a cornerstone of Firestorm in the comics for a long time. Uh but yeah, so the episode started and we saw them split, and we got to see a lot more Martin Stein, mm-hmm. who's kind of a dick, uh, but but he's you know he's fun and he does what needs to be done when it needs to be done. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's been fun because although we'd seen him show up uh, in the man in the yellow suit. He was is almost like you had put Frankenstein's brain into Johnny Storm. He wasn't really a character. He was this monster. Like he right. felt more like an antagonist than anything. Um, and so we finally got in a sense of who Ronnie is and who Professor Stein is. And yeah, Professor Stein's still a little bit of a dick, but he's also a good guy. He's someone that loves his wife yeah. and wants to do the right thing. Absolutely. And I think 
the thing that's really came to life for me tonight is somebody that's read some of the old uh, Silver Age uh, mm-hmm. Firestorm that kind of came out of DC saying, okay, who's going to be our Spider-Man? Uh, was those fun dynamics that were developed in those comics between a, a much more astute, uh, almost grandfatherly professor right. figure and then the young guy who likes pizza and <laughs> right. has a girlfriend and, and is much more relatable. And getting to see those two characters interact, I feel like they really nailed that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, no, they did. I mean, the the butting heads between the two of them was really fun. And then uh, my, my favorite part of showing them on screen was the way they did the... Uh, Professor Stein voiceover when mm-hmm. they like successfully merged into Firestorm later in the episode, uh, seeing like that proper connection and how that played out. You know, we didn't get the like floating head yeah. from the from the Super Friends or the old comics, but you know, when you read the old comics or watch Super Friends, at least to me, it never really felt like the head was there. It was just a voice inside his head, yeah. and the head was there to show the audience who was talking. That's a physical representation that works in comics or in a cartoon. Right. I think it would have looked silly on TV. It probably would have. And I think the voiceover works really well. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. a quick fight sequence, but the way they were they were having a conversation <laughs> within their own head, and it functioned on screen. Uh, yeah. It just worked really well, and I'd like to see more of it at some point. I guess I didn't catch, did, uh, was Ronnie actually speaking out loud, or was it, was his part of it a voiceover too? Did you catch? I think he might have been speaking out loud, but I honestly couldn't tell. Which could be fun. I mean, they could play around with, like, some of the still remaining, like, schizophrenia aspects of the character, of him just, like having conversations with somebody that nobody else can see. There's definitely some comedic beats to be found there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not with the Star Labs crew, since they all, like, know what's going on. They're all in on it. But uh, maybe someone that... Yeah, the next time Ronnie... Potentially a Firestorm crossover crossover show. uh, It it felt like it could have been a backdoor pilot. Uh, I think the star power's there. I think the action dynamic works. I'd watch a Firestorm show. I totally would watch a Firestorm show. With those two actors, they're great. They nailed it. I mean, we clearly know that an Amel can hold a show on his own. Yeah. And Victor Garber is kind of a legend. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a big name, and that could definitely work yeah and they could also take an alternative route and do something like what agents of shield has done and put in a, a shortened season it's kind of like what they've done with agent carter yeah so when flash goes on break we get six or eight episodes of firestorm that'd be sweet i would totally dig it i've said it before i'll say it again like shorter seasons more shows would be amazing yeah even if it means that we only get like half as many episodes of flash or arrow i'd be okay with that like getting Half of half a season of Flash, half a season of Arrow, half a season of Firestorm, half a season of Adam, half a season of whatever, like, would be amazing. We are living in the age of miracles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It would be sweet. I would definitely get behind that. Um, so what else do we have to talk about from tonight? Let's talk about uh, Ronnie and Caitlin, because that was a relationship that we really have just seen in flashbacks, and we got to see it uh, in present day with him resurrected, and there were some good jokes from that as well. 
But what did you think about their relationship and how they played off one another? I thought they really clicked. I thought there was some very natural chemistry between the actors. Uh, the first scene when they kiss after not having seen each other for a year, I was kind of questioning. It didn't seem quite as melodramatic and big as it should have been. But by the end of the episode, uh, I'll admit I got a little bit choked up when they said, we, uh, we love you and flew off into the sky because... <laughs> I was 100% invested in that relationship, and I like them together, and I like them bantering and being cute together. Yeah. Uh, They're a fun, natural couple, and I really like them. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been nice to have seen Martin Stein get a little bit closer with more of the Star Labs crew. Yeah. I mean, that, that line of, like, we love you, like, Martin Stein really wasn't part of it. It's nice that, like, he still loves her and that he can maintain that love in the firestorm form and that that's strong enough to break through it and that sentiment is really nice but i think it would have been nice to have seen martin stein interact with them a bit more uh and that some of some of the things that happened especially like barry revealing his identity to martin stein and his wife would have made a bit more sense had there been a bit more connection there I was a little bit shocked when Barry took off in front of his wife like it was no big deal. Um, <laughs> He's so... See, that's the thing. Like, Barry is a ridiculously trusting character to an extreme degree. And he's he's comfortable just, like, making really quick decisions about whether or not he can trust a person. And it's worked out for him pretty well so far. And that I'm brings just, me back to Dr. Wells because twice now we've seen him... <gasps> We've seen him understand that Dr. Wells has made a horrible decision, has done something that's truly traumatic, and forgiven him in the same episode. But yet he still questions Joe about having suspicions. Yeah. Which uh, I don't get. Joe's completely valid yeah. in having any sort of suspicions. Honestly, Joe could have suspicions about Caitlin or Cisco, and I wouldn't blame him. Obviously, we know neither of them has been involved in anything at this point. But they're all involved in Star Labs. Suspicions are completely valid. And I understand that we have some outside knowledge, especially after tonight. Uh, There's really no doubts left about Dr. Wells being a good or a bad guy. Uh, He's not a good man. No. But Barry's seen him multiple times do very bad things, starting with uh, the Blackout episode when he let Girder out uh, and basically what was almost a suicide pact. Right. And yet each time Barry keeps making excuses for Wells. Right. Barry has all the, has more reason than anybody to be suspicious, but he refuses to. And I right. think that's going to come and bite him in the butt soon. Right. And I think, you know, again, that speaks to Barry's uh, optimistic view on humanity as a whole, right? Yeah. That he, and that, and also the fact that he sees Well as like his scientific hero. Mm-hmm. So he's very eager to forgive yeah, I, and and completely forget. Like, when he forgives, it's gone. It never happened. It's not, like, still something that lingers in the back of his mind like it is with, I would say, probably most people, right? Yeah, I don't dislike Barry for it at all. In fact, I, I love him for it. <laughs> right. Um, doesn't make it a good decision, doesn't no. make it wise, but I do <laughs> love that optimism, and I love yeah. that earnestness in him. Absolutely. No. Uh, but speaking about Wells... What about um, his poisoning uh, or roofing or whatever, uh, Martin Stein? It's just... I, I, 
<laughs> I don't understand anybody that's a Wells apologist at this point because they keep no. hammering nails into that coffin. No. Uh, for me, it was over the moment he killed, um, I can't remember his name, uh, the scientist back. Oh, right away. fourth episode Stag. of the season. Yeah. Kills, uh, Simon, kills Simon Stag. Stag. Yeah. At really that point, it, it was it was a done deal. Like I was like, this is not yeah. a good man. This is that was, a bad that guy. was right in episode two. Wow, that was right away. No, he. I mean, he's a bad man. But and I, then, I mean, there's still giant question marks about like who he is and where he comes from and how he plays into things and what kind of information he knows. And I still think that the potential is there for him to be Barry Allen. Yeah. I'm, but, I'm sticking to my guns until we actually get <laughs> an identity. But uh, tonight we see him betray somebody who's a good man and a friend of his. Right. And then dump well, Eiling off with a... Is, it, is it a friend of his? They knew each other. They they had a familiarity with one another. Oh, if nothing else, they're acquaintances. Okay. Uh, they may not be close friends, but they definitely had a friendly relationship. Sure. Well, I mean, they're both scientists, so I think yeah. that they just, like, Science interact bros. with each other. Yeah. Science bros, because that's a thing. <laughs> I guess any time more than one science person is in a room, they're science bros now. So, yeah. Uh, I guess I didn't get the sense that they knew each other prior, but they were clearly, like, interacting as though they were colleagues. Um, there's definitely, there's not the excuse with someone like Simon Stagg or General Eiling where, oh, well, he may be doing a bad thing, but he's doing it to a bad guy. He did right. a bad thing to a good guy. Right. Because even though Martin Stein was kind of a dick, he never did anything malicious yeah. or villainous at all. Uh, he was just a little bit brash. And honestly, it's understandable given like what he went through and being merged together with Ronnie and all of the chaos that he's been living for... I mean, the past year and a couple months, right? Mm -hmm. Because that happened. That started the same time that Barry went into a coma, right? So I mean, they they said they established it was fourteen months. I think is what they might have said tonight. Yeah. Okay. And that's a long time to be suffering that kind of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now that we've gone through all of that stuff, I think we've kind of hit all the major beats. Yeah. Let's talk more about the last the last scene. Because we both know we want to talk about this. There's it's just there's so much there. It's not teasing at all. It's I mean it's it's teasing, but it's much more upfront about yeah, it. Yeah. It's it's not like in the course cloak of and dagger shadows. Less than thirty seconds, we see Wells <sighs> drop the hood and reveal that he's the man in the yellow suit. Undoubtedly. It's he's just, he's it's in there. the costume. That's him. No question. Yep. Not just the costume sitting in his braille room. Uh, yeah. So. And then Grodd. It's it's there. It's freaking Grodd. two of the biggest Flash villains in 50 years of history just dropped Together in front of Together on the screen. All there. And I really want to say Grodd looks amazing. He looks perfect. He, he really does. Like, he looks like movie caliber. He really does. It looks fantastic. And if they make him look that good in an entire episode, I am 100% sold. No doubt. And I like that they didn't try to make it super realistic. There's there's that... It feels like something pulled out of a comic book. And that yeah, his frame is fine. enormous. And he's got those big sort of like silvered right. mutton chops. Yeah. He looks like there's a Flash villain. Like, and I love it. 
there's definitely more humanistic characters than an actual gorilla. It totally works. Yeah. Totally works. Yeah, I, There's I would have, no problem with that at all. I would. I don't think I would have liked it at all if it just looked like a gorilla. It, I it mean, it would have like been. Rod. Yeah, it would have been a little weird if it was like straight up gorilla. And it makes sense. Like he's gone through all of these laboratory experiments. He can speak. He's like got certain human characteristics to him. And Grodd does have human characteristics to him in the comics and in all of his animated forms. He's really like this weird hybrid between gorilla and human. Um, did you think he was speaking, or did you think that was the first time we actually were aware of his psychic powers? I I don't know. Because I, I, I suspected know. that he was an Eiling's head. Hmm. I, I want to say he was speaking. Okay. I really do, because... Yeah. I want to say it was him speaking, because of the line that he said, which yeah. I absolutely <laughs> love. This, I was freaking out over this line. <laughs> this is as good as uh, back in the first Captain Cold episode when Barry and uh, Barry and Felicity were on the train, and he said it's the safest way to travel. And in this one, Grod or Eiling first says, "Oh my God," and and Grod <laughs> just says, "Not God, Grod." Ah, perfect. I think it'd be it's an even better Donna reference because it's <laughs> referencing one of the best supervillains ever put on oh, film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I mean and everybody's familiar with them now. I mean, again familiar with them. If you didn't know him from the Richard Donner movies, Zod is the villain that we're talking about, right? Uh, and if you're not familiar with the Richard Donner movies, <laughs> shame on you. Go watch them. Please just pause and go watch just, them. Come back in four hours. Yeah. One, watch number one, watch number two, the Richard Donner cut, and then just stop. That's fine. But some excellent lines. Yeah. And those are probably my two favorite lines from those movies. Best ones to riff on. Absolutely. So in the in Superman 2, let's go ahead and set this okay. up. Just if you don't know, uh, Zod and his two other Kryptonian uh, cohorts are in the process of invading Earth. And they go to the Oval Office and confront the president. And he has the president kneel in front of him. Kneel before Zod. And, and the president has the same reaction. Oh, God. And, and Zod doesn't say anything except to turn to the president and correct him by saying, Zod. It's just, no. And I think it actually works on it, beyond just referencing one of my favorite superhero movies of all time, <laughs> it works because Terrence Stamp's performance as Zod in that movie is so regal and demanding. Yeah. And I actually think there's a lot of in common between the character of Grodd in the comics and the way Stamp presents Zod. And so hearing that reference coming from Grodd and having the voice and the appearance look so right has me really amped up to see this character presented in The Flash. Yeah, no, it was super cool. Uh, I'm really hoping, I got my fingers crossed, literally, you can see them, <laughs> that we have uh, Gorilla Grodd as the big bad for the next two episodes. We've got two episodes here. I don't know, like, I really haven't heard hardly anything about them. Which kind of makes me think that there's not, like, a big guest. And I may be forgetting something, too. If so, I apologize to whoever 
is the guest. <laughs> I but I haven't heard anything. I'm on comics news sites most of the day. I don't go <laughs> out of my way, but most of the time it went, when it popped up that we had a uh, the actress from The Walking Dead coming in. Yeah. Um, that popped up. So did right. I haven't heard anything either. And it no. makes me suspect they were trying to keep this one in their pocket and play it. Right. And the fact that there's not something that was revealed tells me that it's probably not a like physical actor on set. Yeah. I think that would have gotten out. So I'm gonna say it's probably Grodd I'm for the next so. couple episodes. Which is awesome. <laughs> really awesome. Uh, I just I don't know what kind of chaos he's going to cause, what kind of destruction he's going to cause, but I'm totally down for it, whatever it is. I realize we only had maybe 10 seconds of seeing him on screen, <laughs> but they nailed that 10 seconds so well oh, that yeah. I, yeah. I have no doubts that they can pull this off. Yeah, and it was no, like, the previous two times that we had seen him in the last episode and then episode, I don't know, back Way in the back first when. half, right, uh... It was so, like, dark, shadowy area. It was like, okay, yeah, this this looks cool, but CGI clearly isn't done. Like, we're clearly intentionally showing just a little bit of him because it's not there yet, which is fine. It's great. It gave us, like, the promise that he was coming, and that's all we needed. Like, it was, it was cool. It committed them to the idea of Grad, mm-hmm. um, and this time we really saw him. Well, it also shows that they really care about this character. Yeah. There's, besides the man in the yellow suit, besides reverse flash or zoom or whatever we're going to call him, uh, no character has received this much attention in terms of being built up for his eventual big appearance and showdown. Right. So I feel like Grodd is going to be their secondary big bad for this season. Yeah. He's going to be the biggest thing besides what I suspect will be a final showdown between reverse flash and flash. Yeah. I mean, you could you could potentially argue that Captain Cold and Heatwave yeah. are there as well. Like, they're all kind of up there. Uh, but, yeah. I'm I'm just curious about if, if they're going to play Grodd the way they have in more recent comics, where he also has super speed, or not. Because that's... Uh, maybe I'm incorrect. He's had super speed in the comics lately. In like New Fifty Two comics, I think there were times when he and Barry were like running side by side. I'm trying. There was a way that he stopped Barry's super speed, and it's been a while since I've read any of the New Fifty Two issues. Um, but he had a way of. Oh, so of, maybe he slowed Barry down, and that's yeah. why they were running side by or side. Or potentially, it may have been that he could use his psychic abilities in order to anticipate things. But he had okay. a way of countering Barry's speed. Right. Um, but like right. I said, it's been a little while since I've read any of the recent issues. Yeah, um, which which definitely struck me as a bit of a like issue slash flaw with the way Captain Cold was presented. Mm-hmm. Was like, yeah, he's a really cool like iconic villain. I really want to like him. He's really fun, and Wentworth Miller's doing a really good job. Uh, but I felt like there was something missing there to make that a real like credible threat to the Flash. You know, I I may have mentioned it on the podcast before. If so, I apologize. But, like, when I was watching the mid-season premiere, I watched it with my brother. And he just kept asking me, like, why can't Flash just run up and take his gun away? Just like, that's the solution. Run it up, run up, and take it away. Not a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think 
it's something the show's actually done a pretty admirable job with, but with when you have somebody who can move that quickly, it's difficult right. to come up with a variety of threats. Right. Uh, I think Grodd works both because he's so tough to take down physically and also because psychic powers obviously have the ability to work well against something like super speed. Yeah. It's not an obvious one-to-one physical connection. Right. Um, well, and and most of the metahumans have been that way. Like, the Mist and Multiplex, you know, they're not especially, like, strong, memorable characters on the show, but they're definitely abilities that... Yeah, it makes sense. You know, like, the Flash can't necessarily do much about these people. Yeah, Peekaboo two episodes back was one of my favorite really action fun. sequences. It yeah. wasn't super big or explosive, but it was really dynamic and mm-hmm. challenging. Mm-hmm. And I, I would totally be down for seeing more of her. Yeah. Uh, and she's still around, right? She's one of the, like, two villains that actually is still being held in the prison. Yep. I think it's, like, her and the Mist... I think that's it. Yeah, if they have a breakout at this point, it's not a real problem. Right. I mean, it still kind of is, because they're both pretty tricky for Flash to chase down, but it's not, like, full-scale, yeah, massive mess. Uh, but I, I don't know. It seems like there's not much for a breakout. Oh, maybe Pied Piper's down there, too. Pied Piper's down there. He or did he break out? He was gone two episodes back, I think. But they got him back in, didn't they? I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. Man, that wasn't that long ago. I should remember that. (laughs) Dang. I think they may have gotten him back. You may be right there. I can't remember for sure. Anyhow, uh, not not a huge number of characters trapped in that prison. Um, And I think we're just going to ignore once again that big elephant in the room of you know that they're actually keeping these prisoners in the basement. I, I always thought the Constitution was supposed to be a suggestion, right? <laughs> Laws—they're really just really just guidelines. I, I wonder I mean, the bigger point here, like the reason it's happening, and I'm gonna say like the reason Joe hasn't said anything about it, Barry hasn't said anything about it, is that everybody knows there's not a better solution. Yeah, and I suspect yeah. that the writers or at least i hope the writers aren't just ignoring it i think that we'll see iron heights the iconic flash prison right. uh emerge in later seasons when right. this solution no longer is viable right when this solution is no longer viable and when like the idea of superhumans has permeated the society more like they've just become aware of the flash as an entity in their in their society and just started to realize that so it's a really cool evolution I think we've seen through this, this season so far is at the beginning nobody believes in this stuff and now the police are taking on special gear admitting that there are things beyond their understanding right. and uh, I think the first season will, is basically the birth of the superhero yeah. in this in this DC uh, television universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, and let's go back. So we were talking about this a little bit before before this episode even started about like where that could go and and that we both really dug this scene with Cisco giving the shields to the police mm-hmm. officers and like creating this specialized police gear to deal with superpower type characters. So those characters didn't have superpowers, but superpower esque weapons. Uh, and that you know if 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 slash when the Star Labs crew realizes Wells' identity as the man in the yellow suit that's really going to be, like, a big deal to him and potentially just, like, 
obliterate the whole concept of the Star Labs crew. And and so what do you do with these characters after that happens? Like that could very potentially be a huge crucible for Cisco, for Caitlin, for Barry, for Joe, maybe. I mean, Joe's interacted with him, but Joe yeah. seems kind of aware that something's going on. I don't think it would be a shocking thing to him. But if those other three found out about it, it would be shocking. And so where do they go from there? I mean, it seems like Cisco going to the police office and creating gear for them to combat these types of characters on a regular basis would be a logical next step. And I think it's a logical next step for the police force, too, in the fact that it's the normalization of the superpower or the metahuman and saying... You need your own department for that. It's like the the major crimes unit in Gotham Central, the comic, right. where you need police that are dedicated to these specific threats, right. capable of handling them. And yeah. who better to hire to outfit that group the and to help that's research them? Been aware and been dealing Cisco with Cisco and Caitlin and Barry, these yeah. people that know how to deal with these things, that mm-hmm. that are familiar with these big high concepts. Yeah. yeah. So I I would not be surprised to see the Central City Police Force become the centerpiece in the same way that Star Labs is for this season in season two or three. Yeah, I would expect... I mean, that seems completely feasible to me. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. At least, you know, it really just kind of depends on when they when they pull that trigger on Harrison Wells' identity becoming yeah. common knowledge and, and how they interact with that. Based on the teaser tonight, it may be as soon as next week. Maybe I, I think there's gonna be some more time still, I, but I still think it, that's that's a reveal for a season finale. Yeah, probably. I I doubt it's gonna happen just yet. He's a sneaky guy. He's gonna cover his tracks as best he can. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but I think next week's just gonna be all about Grodd. <laughs> I'm I'd be perfectly fine with that. I'm I'm ready for it. <laughs> Bring it on. I just want to see a big gorilla cause chaos. <laughs> That's all I want on television. Maybe multiple. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a city. That's well, probably it's probably getting ambitious. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready to see Gorilla City. Also ready for massive amounts of time travel. I guess that's the other thing. That's what's coming up in the next couple episodes is we know that Barry is going to have accidental time travel Mm -hmm. in episode 15. That's been like talked about a little bit by the producers. Um, And so they certainly set it up. We've got a, we've got a treadmill on set. Um, (laughs) Right. And they've certainly discussed the theories in a different way. It might work. I like the fact that tonight, uh, the moment when Cisco explains it as Terminator versus (laughs) Back to the Future. <laughs> Just uh, all the all the time travel references packed into one. Cisco sure loves his references, yeah. doesn't he? It's good. It's good. I uh, I mean, everybody's thinking about it in ter- yeah. in these terms already. Like when I think about time travel, I'm just thinking like, how do the mechanics of it work? Is it is it Doctor Who style time travel where there's like fixed points in time and everything else is very wibbly wobbly timey wimey where they can change all sorts of different events or is it back to the future style where you're creating alternate timelines and what's well, also a slick bit of writing because it, it gives yeah. us an easy 
touchstone. It's, it's, yeah. It allows for an easy explanation without them having to walk through and do diagrams. Right. It's, just, it's back to the future. Cool. Got it. Let's go. Right. Because everybody's seen that scene. Like, everybody knows, here's the timeline. Here's where it breaks off into the alternate timeline. Great Scott. <laughs> like, everybody knows it. And I really just want it to be that Barry has to travel at 888 miles per hour. That, that'd be pretty <laughs> great. <laughs> I mean... Obviously, he's going way more than 88 miles per hour, but I don't think that he's broken 888. I mean, no, he approaching has. There. He probably has. But they haven't shown the number, so they yeah. can say he hasn't. <laughs> and if they're pulling from comics, they can always say he has to be vibrating at a certain frequency, too. Or they have to, like, strap a flux capacitor on his chest. Wouldn't be the first time we've seen that. Really? Well, I mean, Wells has to throw it on oh, his suit. Oh, sure, so. sure. The tachyons. Yeah. I want it to be like the big Y, though. Oh, yeah. just like the flux capacitor in the DeLorean. Same, same, same design. <laughs> if if we get a mall scene with terrorists, uh, I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, no, it's a great episode. Loads of fun. Uh, can't wait to see what we have next week, Grodd or not. Uh, which, now that I think about it more, time travel is a pretty big thing. I I don't know. Maybe we'll get Grodd. I'm still crossing my fingers. Just but. looking at what's left of the season, it's there's so much stuff to look forward to. Um, yeah. I expect every week from here on out to be exciting. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's been awesome. And we've got lots of big things that we do like know are coming down the pipeline because we've got Mark Hamill's episode, which is 17, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we've got... Uh, the episode with Brandon Routh and Emily Betricard, or the Adam and uh, Felicity, are going to be coming to Central City with the Adam suit in tow. Uh, and that is episode 18, I believe. I think it's right after. Uh, and that's going to be called All Star Team Up. Uh, and then, what, 19, 20, 21, 22 ish? Yeah. I don't it's... remember for sure if it's a 22 episode or 23 episode season. Either way, it's going to go quick. Uh, right. It really is. Uh, can't wait. Super excited. Super excited. Yeah. Do the Martin Stein hands. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me up here. And we'll be back in a flash. All right, so we said we were going to be back in a flash. We weren't lying because we definitely forgot some big stuff. So we're going to take just a couple minutes here and talk about that now because... We we speculated a lot about the next episode (laughs) when the next episode has some very defined details that we missed. There's some big stuff. And again, massive apologies to (laughs) the guests, especially since we've actually had one of them as a guest on our podcast. Uh, Chad Rook is going to be coming back to The Flash in the next episode. Uh, He's going to be back, and we're also going to see uh, his brother, Mark Martin, for the first time. And Liam McIntyre from Spartacus is going to be playing him. Uh, And, I mean, we've seen lots of characters or lots of actors from Spartacus on Arrow. Uh, We know that's a, like collection of people that they like to pull Mm -hmm. actors from and they've all been fantastic on the show so we're definitely looking forward to that thrilled to see chad rook coming back uh totally okay with grod being set aside for a little while 
and getting Weather Wizard awesomeness. Yeah, we're getting a... Uh, we're- after what was maybe one of my big disappointments with the pilot and seeing Weather Wizard die, right. we're getting him back uh, so we can actually continue to see our rogues gallery grow yeah. and Captain Cold's team potentially uh, pile up. Right, right. Which would be really cool, actually. So we've got, I mean, at this point, we've got uh, Captain Cold and Heatwave, and they met Captain Cold's sister, who's the Golden Glider. Yep. Uh, and she was actually cast as well. So I. I'm not sure which episode she's going to be in, but she's coming up as well. Uh, could we've, be that she's the week after. We've also seen Captain Boomerang. We've seen Captain Boomerang, although he's trapped on the island and in Arrowland yeah. for right now. So I'm not holding my breath on him being in the Flash, but he's definitely a rogue. Uh, but the team's growing. So my question to cap this off uh, is, do you think that the final tease in next week's episode is going to have him inducted into the rogues. Liam Liam McIntyre's character would be my guess. He is Mark Martin. Uh, I'm still kind of speculating. You know, we talked a little bit when Chad was on the show about how he was going to play into it since he was shot. And I'm, I'm really thinking that it sounds like it's going to be a spirit haunting his brother type thing. And whether that's because his brother's a little bit crazy or this is a world that actually has ghosts, right. either way, it could be definitely entertaining. Right. Um, yeah, I think it'd be really nice to see the rogues grow. Uh, one thing, we've, we have a lot of details and definition for the next few episodes. We know about Trickster, we know about time travel, we know about Weather Wizard, as we've now recalled. Um, <laughs> yes. But the last few episodes of the season they've left is pretty much a blank slate. And so part of me would really right. like to see a big rogues team up Mm-hmm. And I think the next logical step is seeing Captain Cold go on a recruitment drive. Right. And well, think, and you could potentially have the rogues take on Gorilla Grodd. It would not would be, be the first time we've seen that. Right. I mean, it's happened in the comics. It's a thing. Uh, could be really entertaining to just get everyone in there and have a massive blowout uh, yeah. with Grodd and all the rogues. And maybe not this season. Maybe that's how they kick off next season. But... Lots to look forward to. Super excited about Weather Wizard. So sorry to Chad Rook (laughs) and to Liam McIntyre. We just, you know, we get swept up. When Grodd shows up at the end of the episode and says, Grodd, not God. Yeah, we're kind of geeking out about it. (laughs) I I feel like the internet uh, is going to share our excitement with that moment. So hopefully they'll forgive us. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, Thanks again, Chase, for joining us. And this time, for real, we'll be back in a flash. Ha! So, I forgot one more thing still. We got, like, Error City throughout this whole episode. The Flash isn't coming back next week. It's going to be off for an entire month, actually. We've got another little spring hiatus here to deal with. Uh, But it'll be back on March 17th. Uh, We are going to do at least one episode between now and then, and so keep your eyes on backinaflashfanatics.com for that episode. We got a domain. Uh, My co-host got that set up for us, so thank you to Meg very much for that. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Flash Fanatics or Facebook at facebook.com slash Flash Fanatics. Give us a shout there. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep your eyes on our website, on our Twitter, on our iTunes, whatever you want to do. 
uh, and we'll make sure you know when the new episode is ready. Uh, it'll be back in a flash. 